and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm your anime rookie, Malcolm Cloud. But every day, once again, every single day, you're getting closer and closer to mastery. And uh, today's a big milestone. But before we get into that milestone we've accomplished, uh, let's ask you your thoughts on last week's show, Violet Evergarden. Malcolm, how did you feel about it? I don't recommend it. Um, I just, it just didn't really sit with me outside of that one episode. Um, that felt like a very good short film. The other stuff, I don't know, it was just boring. It's not my cup of tea. Um, and I, yeah, just say, well, I wasn't uh, the biggest fan. All right. And yeah, so for those just joining in, each week I select an anime series for Malcolm to watch and three episodes that best showcase that series strength. Um, but this week we broke the rules because we are tackling the albatross that is One Piece. So we watched four episodes and then a little bit of bonus content. Uh, because for those not in the know, uh, One Piece is fucking huge. Um, Mal- Malcolm, what were your what what did you know about One Piece prior to watching the show? Uh, the only things I knew about One Piece that it had something to do with pirates. Um, and that it was like a very long running thing that like, that was the only, those are the only two things I really knew about it. It was like, it's pirates and it's a long running anime. And yeah, outside of that, like I had no idea the characters, the story, I just wasn't clued into any of that. So, um, that's all I knew. And, and there's a lot to get into because one piece is one of the most popular, in fact, not even one of it, it is arguably it is 100% the most popular manga series out there. And uh, we'll, we'll get into the kind of the details and the specifics of just how huge it is. But again, One Piece did not take off in the West. And uh, yeah, let's just get into the beginnings of One Piece. Um, so yeah, One Piece was created by Ichiro Oda. Oda got his big break at the age of 17 with the manga Wanted, which led him to landing a job at Weekly Shonen Jump as an assistant to various creators. The first draft of One Piece was worked on in 1996, but Oda has said he has had the idea for the series since he was in high school. These early drafts started off as two one-shots called Romance Dawn. Luffy, the main character of One Piece, is featured in both versions, but there are some key differences, which we'll get into a bit later. And One Piece officially entered serialization in Weekly Shonen Jump on July 22, 1997. It, it has been going strong ever since. It is still ongoing. There are... There are, as of this uh, writing, 991 chapters of One Piece. I just read the most recent one. It was very awesome. And yeah, the first anime adaptation, I didn't know this until I did my research, was in fact a short film called One Piece Defeat Him, the Pirate Ganzak. Uh, it debuted on October 20th, 1999 in the form of like an, a festival roadshow format. It's only like 30 minutes long, and it had a different production company that worked on it, as well as different voice actors. But you can actually watch it all on YouTube. And yeah, the anime debuted... Oh no, I, I got those dates wrong. The anime debuted on October 20th, 1999. I don't have a date for uh, One Piece Defeat Him, the Pirate Ganzak. And it, the anime right now has aired 942 episodes. There are also 14 movies, 56 video games, 8 compilation albums, and 17 soundtracks, a restaurant, and an indoor theme park that just recently closed down because of COVID. And uh, Malcolm, how many volumes do you think the manga has sold over the course of One Piece's 23-year run? Just just give me a number off the top of your head. 
Well, I'm trying to factor in the fact that there's, what, did you say 56 video games? 56 video games. Um, okay, I'm going to make... And 17 a, soundtracks. That's, that's a lot of soundtracks. Oh, my God. Okay, and then you had, it has an indoor theme park. Okay, I, it has to be millions. I'm going, I'm going to say... And I'll, I'll, I'll give you another thing. There's 97 volumes of One Piece, so 97 trades. Oh, okay, 97 trades. So in theory, they each could sell a million, and I would put it at 97 million. Um, that's I guess I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with that cool crisp 100 million. 454 million volumes. Jesus Christ! Holy crap! Yeah, wow. um, and that's counting for the fact that this series did not take off in the West. And so let's get into a bit of that. Why did One Piece not have that kind of global recognizability as something like Dragon Ball, Pokemon, or uh, its contemporary Naruto? And that's the thing. One Piece and Naruto, they basically pretty much started at the same time. Uh, I'll get into to why One Piece is far better than Naruto, because Naruto, um, sorry, sorry to say this, folks, I, I do not care for Naruto, and I'm going to be very mean to it today. <laughs> um, but to be fair, the creators of both series are friends, and they've done millions of tributes um, together. They're, they're, everyone on Shonen Jump seems to be on good terms with each other. But basically, um, one factor for sure, I'm, I'm sure you could probably under, relate to this. This might even be your thoughts. Uh, the art style of One Piece, I don't think, is the most appealing to a Western audience. Would you agree? At least at first glance. I think so. I mean, it has a very distinct look. That, yeah, just I guess is one of the reasons why it wouldn't hop over. I mean, I in, in my opinion, it kind of looks like what I remember from Pokemon watching that. And, like, there are similarities. But there are also, like, choices that are made that I'm not sure if they're stylistic choices or comedic choices or kind of both. And, like, it's kind of a mixed messaging in my view. And I can see why... This yeah, also, let, like, let, we'll get into I that. I also think, like, yeah, mm-hmm. and I was also going to say, I think because this is pirate themed, and like, and if this was like really gained popularity in like the 2000s, that's like when Pirates of the Caribbean was happening, and I feel like those it's depicts two vastly different ways of seeing piracy, and like, I can see how people go and like, especially North American audiences are all about like, oh, I've got to make sure I've got to be with. Uh, was it Captain Jack? Is that his name? Johnny Depp's character? I forget his name. Jack oh, Sparrow, yeah. yeah. Captain Jack, Jack Sparrow. Um, and whoever Orlando Bloom played. Um, that, that matches Edward. up because, yeah, that, that matches up and I'll, I'll get to it. So basically, when, when One Piece was dubbed, it was dubbed by 4Kids Entertainment and they had plenty of success. They had done the Pokemon anime as well as Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, they bit off more than they could chew with One Piece and we'll get into it in the content of the episodes, but Despite the fact that One Piece is very cartoony looking, there is a lot of content that is probably not safe for a 6 to 12 year old demographic. Yeah, I was going to say, this is definitely not a kid's show, but it's animated like a kid's show. And it's, it's a very weird contrast. It's a very weird contrast. It's, one of, it's far more cartoony looking than something like Dragon Ball, even to an extent something like Yu-Gi-Oh! And yet that... Uh, what, what's the word? It covers up this very dark... I wouldn't say it's super dark. It's not like Death Note. But One Piece definitely uh, is willing to go to certain places. And it goes to them even very early on in its run. 
And so, yeah, four kids, uh, they had some trouble uh, localizing it. And on top of the basic censorship, which included blood, smoking, shooting, and various dismemberments, um, they also added a ton of puns and jokes. And even scenes that were originally silent in a dramatic sense had additional dialogue so as not to make children feel bored. And uh, I don't want to insult the voice actors who were just doing their jobs. Uh, Some of the choices that they made for these characters were probably not what fans uh, thought in their heads when they were reading the manga. Uh, there's a heck of a lot yeah, more. Yeah, I can see. <laughs> there's a heck of a lot more. What? Oh, yeah. No, go, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, like, yeah, there's this, like, weird, like, especially, like, I know, uh, was it Luffy, Laffy, whatever oh, his so, name so is? I, sh- I, I guess I didn't even point out, we're watching the new dub. We're, we're watching the Funimation dub, which is the good dub. That's the good dub. Oh, okay, so there's another dub that I haven't seen. There is another dub. That's no, this, this, what you terrible. watched was uncensored. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> I, was I, say, I guess you have some thoughts on Luffy's voice, and uh, I'll probably agree with you to an extent. Um, I'll say this. Yeah. Uh, Luffy's voice, if you think it's annoying in this series, is uh, ten times worse in the four kids dub. Um, so yeah, let's get into that. Uh, we, uh, we picked four episodes. I, I chose to start us off with episode four because the way the anime chose to structure itself was they didn't put Luffy's origin in the first episode. Instead, you have a three-episode arc that's from, from the manga, but again, I think they just wanted the audience to just jump into the world, which we've seen in a lot of these series, too. And I, I felt you probably wanted to see the origins of uh, a rubber man. Yeah, I mean, this origin was kind of um, stupid, but in, like, a good way. Like, it was <laughs> like, I can see how this was definitely a kid's thing, where it's like, because he eats the devil's, what is it, the devil fruit. And then makes him a rubber man, but now he can't swim, which is ironic because rubber famously floats. And also, if you're a pirate, you probably want to be able to swim. So I think that's actually already establishes like a really good weakness for a character who wants to become king of the pirates. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good way of being like, okay, how do we establish that like, okay, he wants to be at sea all the time. And like, what's the one thing he can't do? He can't swim. Yeah, um, and actually, actually, I think we should go back even further uh, because the intro to One Piece, I think, is actually one of the best anime intros out there because it literally tells you the exact premise of the show and you can't get lost once you watch that. Yeah, I did appreciate it. I will say, like, because you, like, at times I'll just skip the intro, especially <laughs> if I'm watching on uh, Netflix. And, and I told you deliberately, time, do not skip intro for these episodes. <laughs> yeah, and so... And most of the time, it's just the same one. I'll watch the first one, and then I'll kind of start watching the second one. And when I notice it's the same by like yeah. the third one, I'm like, all right, I'm not. I'm just gonna power through it. Um, this one, it's yeah, as you said, it establishes uh, the world. And it also, um, I don't know if it's because it was the dub, but uh, that I watched, but it's also an English song. Which yeah. So, so when when Funimation was doing this the first four or five openings of One Piece were dubbed by Funimation. Afterwards, they just settled for the, the Japanese recordings. But again, Funimation was trying to redeem redeem One Piece from the four kids debacle. Okay. Yeah. Um, but again, this, this intro is great. It establishes there's, there was a pirate named Gold Roger. His name's Gold Roger. I Gold, didn't, I didn't Gold D. That. Roger, actually, we learned later on in the series. Oh. 
So yeah, yeah Gold Roger, King of the Pirates, was about to be executed, but before he did, he he told everyone there that he found a treasure and he hid it in one piece, in one place, one piece. It's different depending on the translation. Yeah, I assumed it was in one piece because that's the name of the show. Even though it's, yeah, kind of in a, and I don't know if it's because of the translation or not, but it's kind of grammatically incorrect to say that. What, one piece, though, is the name of the actual treasure and, and different, you know, I, I'm, I'm jumping way too ahead, but there's, there's an upcoming Netflix adaptation and uh, they translate it as one piece. And also, I think, again, this whole show just, again, this series has been going on 23 years and they're still looking for the goddamn one piece. See, that's disappointed to hear. <laughs> it's it's because, disappointing, but, also, but we'll, we'll get into it because I'll say this right now. This series has some of the best goddamn world building I've ever read in a, a series or watched. Um, I was going to say, I think like the advantage being a pirate show is that you can just go to different islands and like have different adventures. And like, and as they say in basketball a lot, I think Kawhi Leonard said this uh, when he won the championship of the Raptors uh, last year. Uh, 2019 he said um, it's all about the journey it's all about the journey and I think that's kind of what this show is about it's all about the journey yeah and again we, we see that little we see that uh, short bit Gold Roger telling telling the world that you know he hid this treasure everyone wants to find it and then we get introduced in this you know wonderful shot of monkey monkey D Luffy on his ship just running around and we get to see the First couple cast members, um, I've got them on my my Zoom background. I've actually got them in their post time skip designs. Um, again, the series, man, the series is long. When you wait, yeah, I guess uh, post time skip. I yeah, I, I intentionally threw that out there just to tell you again. There, there is a two year time skip about a third of the way through the series. And it changed the character designs change, and mostly it gave um, Ichiro Oda an excuse to um, ma- make the boobies of his female cast uh, bigger. Oh God! Oh God! Uh, Oda is very horny, and it's funny because watching early One Piece, I'm like, oh yeah, the, the female designs are pretty uh, restrained, and uh, you would think that you know someone as they mature would keep that up, and it's like no, Oda has just gone hornier and hornier as the series go- has gone on. Oh, that's so weird and almost uncomfortable. That's kind of sadly it's, uncomfortable. It, it is one of the. I'll say this: One Piece has almost never been better, but uh, on the opposite end, some of, some of the female character designs are pretty pretty cringe in the current era. So it's it's a better storytelling. It's, but it's better storytelling, design. but in particular with Nami, uh, the the main girl of the cast, he he is uh, he gets very excited to put her in different outfits. I'll say that. Yikes! That's um, cringe. Yeah, it's a bit cringe. Um, I'm sure the fan, some of the fans love it though. Anyways, so let's let's get into this episode. Where, in fact, Nami is the first character of the main cast we see in this first episode. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I'm tr- trying to picture. I've I watched a yeah, I guess all four episodes in a clip we've talked about. Um, where is she again? I feel like. I've lost my notes. <laughs> this, we can cut. No this. worries. Uh, yeah. So Nami, Nami's on a ship, and there's a couple pirates from, from the buggy crew. Oh and, yeah. And, yeah. You know, so she's. A... Hmm? Yes. 
Sorry, you want to go? We yeah, no. All. So, so she sweet sweet talks them, and you know they they think you know they're gonna have a good time. And then of course Nami, uh, because Nami is a thief. That's kind of her whole character. Um, she swindles them. Yeah, I kind of liked it. She's like, oh, I need some water. I'm like poor and helpless. You can have this treasure, and then she convinces these three crew guys who look insane by design um, to get on her boat, and they're like, oh, we'll, no, we'll look at the treasure first before we decide it. And then she just hops on their boat and then sails away, and the guys are left to, to find out that it's a jack-in-the-box. It's a panda jack-in-the-box. Yeah, and, and we, we see another jack-in-box a bit later. Uh, Na- Nami's a great character. I love her. She, she is awesome in the show, especially in these episodes. Um, yeah, I just find her to be a really cool person. She's very independent. She swindles people. And uh, later on, we, we learn some of her tragic backstory. She, she's had a pretty rough go of it. Yeah, we well we watched uh was it episode four eighteen thirty seven and fifty three because again, well four episodes may seem a lot for for our show, but when you're dealing with a show that has again over nine hundred anime episodes, over almost a thousand chapters of a, of the manga, it, you know, it almost feels like we're we're underserving it. And again, this whole this whole spread is literally like the first ten percent of the series. These these fifty three yeah. episodes only comprise what is basically if you were writing a novel this would only be the prologue. Oh my god! Yeah, I can't even fathom this. I mean, this is yeah, this is like well, Walking. I felt like Walking Dead as like an American comic book fan was mm. like over and cumbersome as a zombie story, and this is just like hey. That's nothing. Like, Walking Dead is just a blip in this world. You know, George R.R. R. Martin could learn a thing or two because this guy, you know, he takes he takes his, you know, requisite, you know, couple breaks, but he's never taken anything resembling a hiatus. George R.R. R. Martin could learn a thing or two. Yeah, this is a guy who is like, I came up with this in high school and I will see this through. Until but the I, I will end. say this. I will say this. Oda has said One Piece is going to end within the next five five years. I mean... Knowing how Oda speaks, I'll give that seven. But he does, and as someone who's reading the current manga, it does look like they are heading towards the end. It's definitely in, in its final position. So your prediction is that it's going to end by the end of the decade? It'll, it, one Piece will definitely end by the end of the decade. Okay. Yeah. Well, so so let's, let's get back to the episode. Um, we, we cut back to uh, Luffy and Zoro. And uh, I'll say this right now, Zoro is my favorite of the Straw Hat Pirates. He is a fucking badass. Yeah, he's kind of got, like, he's got the, he's the one with the green hair, right? That's yeah. Him. He, he wants yeah. to be the world's best swordsman. And Zoro's characteristics are um, being a really good fucking fighter and napping and getting lost. Yeah, I noticed that like he's like constantly sleeping. Like his, 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 his thing is like, oh, I'll just have a nap. Right. Well, like we're in the middle of a confrontation, like almost that uh, element, like not like a serious confrontation, but just in the next episode. he like, Yeah, he, he is too cool for school. Um, and yeah, yeah, he is Luffy's first mate. He is the first person Luffy recruits. How does he recruit him? Because I obviously didn't. Yeah, watch you missed that. those three episodes. And again, like I was tempted. Should we just watch the Zoro arc? But again, like to, to cover one piece, what you have to cover is just how big how big it is. And that's kind of the only way to do it if you're trying to trying to give it 
the, the treatment it deserves. And again, like, you know, you can see on my Zoom background, there's five more characters that have yet to join the crew as of uh, the point where we got in the show. Yeah, because it's funny because in the last episode, we're just jumping around, but yeah. in the last one, they go like, this, the five of us, and now you've just disclosed to me that there's five more to come. There's five more. And uh, yeah, let's get into the origin of Luffy because that's basically the bulk of this first episode. It, it's really just a glorified framing device to get into how Luffy became this rubber man. And so we're introduced to red-haired Shanks, who is also awesome. Yeah, I actually really liked him, and I was disappointed not to see him in the other episodes. I was like, uh, oh, this guy's important. Oh, man. Uh, I, I mean, so much of this is just going to be me teasing you how, uh, how spread out the revelations are. But um, uh, let, let me ask you a question. Do you think Luffy has met Shanks yet in the series? Has he, has he finally caught up to him? Wait, what do you mean he's met? Has, has Luffy caught up to Shanks at all since this flashback over the course oh, of these 991 chapters? Has he caught up to him? I want to say yes. No, but no, I, he but, hasn't. No, nope. uh, but my a, heart said, but my heart was going. I don't even think. Even though so. we're recording these on Zoom and I'm visibly smiling. <laughs> uh, no, there's there's one point at the end of what I guess I'd call the first act of this entire series, which kind of leads into the time skip, uh, where Shanks is present at a major battle, but I wouldn't call that a meeting at all. Um, Shanks is still doing his own thing. Yeah, let's get into this guy who who inspires Luffy. Um, he's this calm, cool, collected dude. And uh, yeah, they're at a bar and this roughneck kind of breaks in and uh, sprays beer all over Shanks. Yeah, and like, and that, Luffy takes a great offense to this because he's like, he's expecting because Shanks is this like pirate and I guess a bit of a legend and like Luffy clearly idolizes Shanks. He's like, well, you're going to fight him, right? You're going to fight him and uh, Shanks uh, decides not to. He's like, I don't want to fight over just a spilled drink, as he called it, which really upsets Luffy. Uh, and Luffy gets so upset to the point where he's like, I'm just going to go eat. And that's when he eats the devil's fruit, which means he eats the thing that makes him a rubber man. Yeah, and uh, that that's really one of the... Obviously, the devil fruits are a big portion of the series, especially in the, the final episode we watched where there's just a ton of devil fruit users. And yeah, uh, the devil fruits are, are the, you know, it's the power set that defines the series. Certain characters eat a devil fruit, they gain a power, and uh, the, the devil fruits only get crazier throughout the series. L- Luffy's is relatively, um, relatively easy to uh, comprehend compared to some other powers. Yeah, because at least the, like, the way the, his rubber man powers are like, it's kind of like... Uh, was it elongated man from the yeah Flash, i mean he's very much or... mr fantastic but more emphasis on the rubber part yeah or even stretch armstrong from the the stretch armstrong uh thing that oh, i've heard yeah. about uh, cartoon maybe that was there, like there's a been a, there's been a couple iterations of stretch armstrong he, he's he's had a history uh we, we are not uh i don't think stretch armstrong is anime so we probably won't get into that character no, um, I'm, I'm no Stretch Armstrong expert. I just like the name Stretch Armstrong. It's, it's so a very much. good name. Um, another pop quiz. Um, you know how in Marvel movies, um, the first story they always have is the character fights a person who has their powers but evil? Yeah. Um, how long do you think it is before Luffy fights a character with similar powers to him? 
I will make the assumption that he's never fought anyone. Uh, he, ha he has. He actually has, but it doesn't occur until around chapter 850. Oh, my God. <laughs> but here's the thing. I actually like that because that fight, because it takes place so much longer, so far, that when it finally happens, and it's not a guy who, like, also ate a gum gum fruit. He, ate, he eats what's called the mochi fruit. So, it, you know, it's like mochi, the, um, the stuff they use in, uh, to make food. Um, but it also stretches... Um, but again, because Luffy finally has this fight where, again, he's become so powerful, it actually becomes, you know, it's one of the highlights of the entire series. And that isn't something you would get if it's just like, oh, yeah, my first fight is just to fight the guy who, who ate the evil gum gum fruit or some bullshit like that. I can see that. I mean, that makes sense that, like, it's a better build up. I think, like, yeah, I guess I never really thought about the fact that most times like the, in the first like origin movie some they fight people with similar powers to themselves yeah and then they it, kind of branch out from there it's become a real marvel crutch it looks like they they they're avoiding it now but again like so many of those early marvel movies are just the villain is just the same character but bad yeah like if you think about the first iron man movie first Jeff iron man especially ant-man is just completely cookie cutter it's just yeah, I can see. Yeah, I see it. So yeah, maybe I don't hate that that they have like all this other world building to do. And honestly, it, it sounds like uh, the creator of this One Piece wasn't even that interested in that until later on. He was like, "Oh, I have all these other ideas. Oh, then I'll get to this." Like, yeah, and again, like I'll say this: um, we're, we're talking about the anime, folks. But certainly, if you want to want to consume One Piece in the best paced version, the manga is probably the way to go. Um, in particular, after the uh, after the um, what's the word post post time skip era of One Piece, uh, the pacing falls off a cliff. Um, generally, anime adapt at least two chapters um, per episode. Starting starting in post time skip world, uh, the anime is actually longer than the the anime arcs are longer than the actual manga arcs that they're covering. So they just throw in a bunch of filler. There's a lot of filler, and it's not just filler. It's also just stretched out animations, a lot of long glares, and uh, it's just—it's not even like you can just be like, okay, I'll just skip these four episodes. It's like, oh no, they've just extended all these cool moments to something that's unbearable, whether it's reused animation or something like that. Oh, we, oh okay, that's in, that's fascinating. It's, I mean, yeah. that's what happens when you have a series that refuses to end. Yeah, I guess it's it's the Walking Dead problem. It's the like. Where it's just like I, we get it. There's another. The humans are the actual villains of this show or of and, this series. But again, oh, I get, I get it. The, the Negan is the worst version of the governor. Oh wait, the whispers. I, I get it. Alpha is an even worse version of Negan. <laughs> like, yeah, and thank you. At, at least the plotting of One Piece doesn't fall into that trap. So yeah, we we haven't even finished this first episode. Let's just kind of head straight to it. The uh, the roughneck uh, Higuma is his name. Um, he has another confrontation with Shanks, and uh, this time it doesn't work out for the guy. Yeah, well, Shanks, uh, well, Lu uh, was it Luffy, Luffy goes to confront him. Huma. Yeah, so Luffy goes to confront him and is like, I'm going to do the thing that Shanks won't do. And uh, Shanks has to go save Luffy. But in the process, uh, Shanks' men basically just dispatch all the, the henchmen. Oh, man, like it's dude, 
the I love that moment so much where um Huguma threatens Shanks and you know one of his guys has a gun to Shanks's head and then uh it's a little too late because uh Shanks's dude uh, the guy doesn't have a name but I looked it up his his name is Lucky Roo he he's a very large man he's constantly seen eating and uh yeah his name's Lucky Roo okay because I like those characters design I was like oh this is a fun one. Yeah, he's, uh, maybe he's a it's fun a character. certain segment character. And uh, we also see in um, the bar scene, too, we see a guy named Yasop who's going to play a role in a bit. Yeah, I also noticed that they're like, he was kind of in the background here, but in the other episodes, he shows up. Well, as yeah, a main we'll, we'll, we'll get to Yasop in a second. Um, but but yeah. I don't know his origins, really. No, exactly. We'll get, we'll get to him once we cover this. But then, yeah, so, so there's Lucky Rue. He takes out the guy who's pointing a gun to Shanks' head. And then we also have uh, Ben Beckman, who, who just uses the butt of his rifle to knock a guy out. Again, like, Shanks' crew is, like, re- are just really cool dudes. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing that you've told me that, like, uh, Luffy hasn't caught up to Shanks' crew. Because I always, I always, like, the way this episode lays it out, I mean, at the end, Luffy says, oh, I'll start my own crew. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I, I wanted to see them like more parallel. Like I, that was the hope from just from based on this one episode where you're Not like, sure. oh, and- they'll like they'll just keep crossing Shanks's path, and Shanks will offer Luffy advice as they go on their own adventures. But I mean, at the same time, I assume, and this is an assumption I have no knowledge because mm-hmm. this isn't really revealed in any of the episodes I've seen, is that I assume Shanks is also looking for the one. Yeah, and and Shanks does have a couple sp- has a one appearance in this arc as well. It's just not with Luffy. It's with another character who we'll get to in a bit. Um, Sh- Shanks is doing his own thing, and uh, Shanks is also uh, mild spoiler. Shanks is one of the four emperors of the sea, um, which means Shanks is a big effing deal. Oh, so the fact that Shanks has taken on a shine to Luffy, it kind of works in Luffy's favor. Yeah. There's a whole hierarchy in One Piece. Um, There's a whole hierarchy. It's pretty wild. There's four emperors of the sea. There's also seven warlords. On top of that, there is also the evil world government, and there's a revolutionary army, and a group called the Celestial Dragons who created the world government and are a bunch of assholes. Um, One Piece has just so much world building that is barely even present in this this first act. I'm calling in in this prologue effectively these first 53 episodes. And again, that's just what makes One Piece so awesome. If you're a person who's like willing to jump into something, again, there's just so much stuff where that Oda is slowly reveals to you what the meaning of everything is. See, like a bunch of this stuff you just said had no idea it existed. Oh, I'm sure. The, and it, the yeah. emperors, I didn't know about the warlords, the celestial yeah. dragons are new to me. Like, I just want like to really emphasize to the people who are listening, I don't know anime. I don't know anything about these shows. When we go in, I have done no research. All I do is I watch the episodes and make my opinion. Sometimes, if I'm really interested, I might go and read about something. But usually, there's at the top of the show a history lesson. For everyone in this case everything you're revealing to me jack is a new like what is, what are you talking and, about and and i'm partly trolling you because it's not like this stuff all gets all happens in episode 54 it, it's doled out throughout like you know again hundreds of chapters it, it really isn't until you know right before the time skip happens in that series but i do just like 
I love just, I love throwing this out there for people who are getting interested in One Piece because again, like the lore is just so oh so juicy. Um, so yeah. Anyways, uh, Shanks uh, Shanks takes out uh, Haguma's men, and then yeah, Haguma kidnaps Luffy, tosses him into the sea, and uh, gets eaten. Yeah, he gets eaten by the sea creature. Now, I also want to say that, like, before, even, like, the eating, and then before with, like, Shanks' man uh, massacring uh, this guy, uh, this guy's, I guess, group or crew, uh, there's, like, no violence that, that is shown. And that's, like, I felt for me, I was like, oh, it, this is weird. Like, it's such a violent moment. But they've done, all they see is you see the sword go up, and then, like, literally it cuts to, like, some noises, and then the bodies. And, but you don't really see the bodies. They're kind of obscured. And so I have to make that as the assumption of, oh, this was supposed to be a kid's show. And they didn't want to it's, show, like, this violence. It, it's definitely toned down from the manga. The manga definitely has quite a bit more blood. Yeah. Um, um, but even then, it's still pretty clear deaths. I mean, no, no, no one's leaving these situations alive. And, again, you see a guy get eaten. And then, uh, thankfully, Shanks is there to, to save Luffy, except for the fact that he's missing something, um, his yeah, arm. I, which I did, like, I had to go back. I was like, when did he miss, like, lose the arm? Like, I was like, I don't know when the arm went off. Because... I mean, it's meant to be revealed. I think that was an artistic choice. I don't think that was yeah. a censorship thing. That's a very clear thing of Luffy. Again, it's from the perspective of Luffy. This guy just saved him. And he's like, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, and Luffy's crying, and it's like, but your arm, and uh, luckily Shanks is just like, it's just an arm. Like, it's like, I have another one. And it's like, oh, this guy's pretty cool. This is a cool he, dude. And he, again, he intimidates the sea creature, too. He just gives it one look, and it runs away. Yeah, I put that down in my notes. I was like, oh, there's this, like, stare down with the sea creature, and then the sea creature seems to know who he is, respects him, and goes, all right, I'll leave it alone. So, so again, this is part of the fact that Oda, again, is, is the type of writer and author or artist who just puts all these little details that you don't think of, and then 300 chapters later, you're like, oh, he, he was referring to this. And again, Shank, Shanks and a lot of other high-level characters have this ability. I'm not even going to mention the ability's name. It's pointless. You're not going to know what it is. Uh, but there's you this just power... Say it, just for... Hmm? What you just say it? I don't. Um, yeah, the the ability is called hockey. It's it's kind of like chi, and it's basically the power set in One Piece. And again, that look that Shanks gives that sea sea creature is a reference that again isn't going to pay off for a long time. But you're you can go back and look, and you're like, oh, he's using hockey. Hockey, like as in the sport. H A K I. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Hockey, I was like, hockey. huh? Hockey. hockey. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that... I mean, I... Hmm? I guess, like, he's thinking about this from a very long-term perspective where, like, I guess ideally, like, like, yeah, it's so much of it's, like, oh, all the people are reading it, like, now and, like, oh, we're making all the details, but there'll be probably people in the future who go back and read this and they read it as a collected volume that's finished. And, and, and so I they'll binged... be able to... I binged One Piece two years ago. I binged, however, it, at that point it was only it was only chapter one nine nine hundred and it was only chapter nine hundred and thirteen where I stopped at only. Um, but I binged that in two months because I'm a very fast reader just in general. And yeah, when you're binging the manga, especially, you can pick up on a lot of stuff. 
It's pretty crazy. And it also doesn't feel bullshitty either. He's not the he, – he, again, it's the opposite of Naruto. Um, sorry, Naruto fans. Naruto has some of the worst plotting I've ever seen. Um, characters um, who start off really cool and have cool things, uh, they'll do a cool thing, and it's like, oh, sweet. What, what kind of other cool thing is this character going to do in the future? Um, guess what? They're not. If, if they're not they're Naruto or one of the – if they're not Naruto or one of the two other leads in the show, um, they're not going to do anything other than the one cool thing they just did. I yeah, interest that that's not a sales pitch for someone like for me who's never seen Naruto or really knows what it's about. I mean, again, so when I first um, I read the One Piece manga again two years ago, but I actually first read it when it was collected in these Shonen Jump volumes when Shonen Jump made its debut in North America in like 2002 or something. And yeah, so like One Piece and Naruto and Dragon Ball were all in these collected volumes. It wasn't weekly, it was monthly. So they'd collect like two or three chapters of each series per month. But again, I was reading like early One Piece right from the beginning and for the first couple arcs of the series actually. And yeah, Naruto was always a cool one because it's ninjas. And, you know, but One Piece, again, it gets so dark even early on because you're like, oh, yeah, this guy just lost a goddamn arm. Yeah. And then basically the episode ends. Yeah, there, there's... there's a bit more to it. It kind of leads into the to the actual present day stuff um, where you see these pirates who are part of Buggy's crew and you're kind of being like, oh, shit, Buggy, Buggy the Clown uh, is this bad dude. Um yeah, Buggy. I mean, there is a jump forward to, like, Buggy the Clown, which is just crazy. That, see, that's what some of the stuff I was talking about earlier, where it's like, is the, what style is, is this a stylistic choice? Was this a comedy choice? Was it both? Was it neither? Like, was this, like, is that, are they in the uh, manga, or are they just a creation of the show? No, no, Buggy the Clown is a major character. Buggy the Clown is the only antagonist from this prologue arc that actually, like, recurs constantly. Buggy's dope. Uh, okay. I love Buggy. And um, mild, mildest of mild spoilers, Buggy was actually a crewmate of Shanks back when they were children. So Shanks been a captain or like a Shanks has been like a pirate since he was like an orphan or something. He's always been on cruise. And I'm, I'm not even going to say which crew he was a part of because that's a bit, of, a bit of a spoiler. But again, all these characters just have all this backstory that gets slowly untangled. Wow. Um, I'm actually yeah. impressed by that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm impressed by how much thought has been put into this. It is a lot of thought. And like that Buggy and Shanks reveal is, is something that's made early on. Like it's made in like two episodes later, basically. But again, it's cool to tie it all in. And also, how could someone like Shanks, who's a very cool dude, be friends with um, an asshole like Buggy? Buggy? Um, he's a clown pirate. He's a clown pirate and he's, he's just a jerk. And yeah, so let's move on to our next episode where we get to meet another member of the crew. And um, I mentioned Yasop. This is actually Yasop's son, Usopp. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess, I guess the, the character design is a little different. Yeah, it's different. Usopp does have a longer nose. Um, and is he missing a leg? Yeah, he's missing a leg. No, he's not missing a leg. He's just got these weird boots. And also, unlike Yasop, Usopp is a is um not nearly as cool. Us Usopp is is a cowardly liar. Uh, what what do you think of Usopp? Because again, you were just introduced to him in this second episode. I mean, I liked him. Like, oh really? I, eh? I, I thought you were gonna find him annoying. Uh, he's like he's not my favorite character. I was gonna say that. Like I don't think he's my favorite character. 
Um, I I don't know if they just like did enough with him to be honest. Like in these episodes, I feel like he's kind of very much pushed to the side. Yeah, like, I mean he get he gets to make the flag in these episodes at least. Yeah, I mean it turns out he's like a good artist, and like he like really says he says something really weird, which was. I've been doing graffiti for 50 years. Yeah, that, that's part of yeah. Usopp's trait, which is he just exaggerates and lies about everything. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty obvious like it was a lie because then they go like, oh, that mean, must make you an old man. You must have kids and grandchildren. Like, how you know, you must be like 75. And he's like, what? No, that's not true. I don't know. And because yeah. obviously it's like too much of an exaggeration. And, and Usopp's recruitment arc is basically just a glorified retelling of the boy who cried wolf. That That's basically how Luffy meets him. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, I was going to say with the nose, it feels very Pinocchio-like. Yeah. And that's like a, the, a vibe I was getting from him. was like it's, a, like, it's kind of like if there was a Pinocchio in this world, it would be uh, him. Yeah, and and Usopp though is a fun character. I mean, we didn't get to see any Usopp fights in in these uh, episodes, but when he does actually get to fight, his fights are always like some of the most fun because again, he's not a strong dude and he mostly just has to trick his enemies. Yeah, he's more of a he fights smart, not hard. Yeah, exactly. And he, he's I just looked this up because even I had somehow forgotten that Usopp's role is that of a sniper. He's the sniper on Luffy's crew. So Nami is um the navigator, Zoro's the first mate, and uh, Usopp is the sniper. And Luffy is the punching bag. <laughs> Luffy's the captain, man. Luffy, Luffy's the muscle. Yeah, I guess he is the captain. I just that a lot of these fights he's in, he's getting his ass kicked. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, that's the thing, though. It's the fun of being a rubber man. He can just use his body. Um, and so, yeah, this, this episode is the most self-contained in, like, the entire series, pretty much, because it's a story that's literally just told in one episode, which is why I picked it. See, that's that's the thing I did notice. I was like, oh, like, there's no, like, continuation. It, it It's a very, like, like uh, high and tight uh, in terms of just, like, it's, yeah, it's all compact. Because um, there is, like, this thing where they get onto this island. Uh, they're looking around. There's all these, like, animals, but they're, like, kind of off. It's like, oh, it's a pig, but it, like, has, like, the mane of a lion. Or, like, you know, just, like, they're kind of these, like... I was kind of worried it was going to go into, like, a doctor... What is it? The Island of... Oh, Doctor yeah. It, it, it territory. That. It avoids that, thankfully. Yeah, because I was like, oh, my God. If they if this is where we're headed, like, this show is crazy. I'm almost disappointed it didn't head in that direction. But it headed in, like, a... It's still an interesting direction where, like, you know, they go... Uh, all of a sudden, they're surrounded in the woods... There's a guy who's like a voice and he's like saying he's a god and if they don't leave, they're, you know, he's going to like smite them. Uh, but he's like fucking up and in, intimidating them. And at a certain point, it's revealed that like this guy who we kind of see it like as a bush, we're like, oh, he's hiding in the bush, is like stuck in like a treasure chest. Yeah. Or something. Like, and it's become him. Like, it's this thing of, like, oh, I've become this thing. And, like, his hair is now a bush. It's I, I love Gaimon. Gaimon is awesome. Yeah. I really did like Gaimon. I was almost, I was so disappointed when he didn't join the crew. I was like, what? You do this whole episode, and this guy who's, like, pretty awesome is like, I got to, at, at the end of this episode, he's like, I got to stay on the island and protect these animals. And I was like, at no point did you just seem like you were protecting these animals. 
until like until then. So, so Gaimon does reappear. Um, he reappears in a two-part filler arc where um, Buffy, or not Bu- Buffy, Buggy the Clown, after facing his loss, um, kind of is just trying to get his crew back and just kind of get his mojo back. Um, him and Buggy actually have like a hangout episode, which is pretty funny, especially since at the time they're they are the same size. Um, uh, it was just like a pre- prequel to like because in this episode they do flash back that uh, Gaimon was like a kind of an average sized person before he got trapped in the. No, no. In fact, Buggy the Clown. The way they take Buggy the Clown down. Uh, spoiler alert: is his whole power is the chop chop fruit, which means he can separate his limbs from one another. Uh, you see it briefly in, in the, the final episode we talk about, but they, you know, <laughs> that episode moves fast. Um, so yeah, Buggy, because he uh, gets defeated by them, basically tying him up into a ball, he has to, uh, he ends up encountering Gaimon on the island. And th- they have a little bonding moments. Oh yeah. Buggy does? Um, Okay, I didn't watch this episode. Yeah, I know. Well, and the other thing too is the episode that the episode that featured Gaimon's return was cut from the four kids dub. Oh, interesting. So they um, just like they didn't cut it because of appropriateness. They cut it because they literally just wanted to get to the plot faster. They cut twenty episodes. I can see. I mean, it's got it's kind of a weird choice because like it always feels like television networks are constantly looking for more content. And they have more content, and they're like, ah, but we don't want this content. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at at the time, if you can if you can see on my um, Zoom background, one of the characters is a, a reindeer person named Tony Chopper. Okay, I... um, is he even visible? Where's Chopper? Oh, uh, there he is. There he is. I'm pointing to him right there. Oh, him. Uh, okay. And basically, the execs at Four Kids were like, "Oh, the kids are gonna love, to, are gonna love Chopper." So let's get to his episodes faster. So they cut a bunch of stuff, and it it led to some continuity errors that that had the Four Kids dub gone on even further would have been a complete mess. Yeah, um, he kind of looks like a toad almost. He does, especially with that hat. Which is again, I should, I guess, I don't know if people are gonna see this this stream that we're doing was doing it on zoom what we just did was a very visual element to potentially for you the listener an audio experience <laughs> um no um yeah listener look up look look up chopper one piece and, and you'll find it or just you know look up one piece straw hats the whole crew there there are a bunch of wacky folks um but yeah so we get the origin of gaimon and i do like the jack-in-the-box joke they make twice <laughs> where um what what does Luffy ask him again? He's like, is you, is your name? You look like a Jack in the Box. Is your name? And then he's just like, yeah, funny thing, my name is also. And then he calls Luffy out. Yeah, I I forget the exact joke, but it it was something along those lines. Yeah, Luffy is like, you look like a Jack in a Box, and he's like, oh, funny coincidence, because my name is also. And then he just like rages at him. Um, and then he's about to tell his origin story, only for Zoro to just show up. Because Zoro, I love I love the fact that Zoro does not care at all. Uh, he's just like getting yeah. coffee, and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" Well, Zoro was I think when they were getting attacked initially, he was sleeping on the ground. Like there's all these wooden arrows, yeah, and they all just like land around uh, Zoro when he's sleeping, like almost like you know one of those outlines like at a crime scene. Like it almost yeah. felt like the arrows did that. 
Again, uh, I, I, I am an unabashed Zoro fan. Um, so yeah, Gaimon, he tells, he tells the crew his origin. And yeah, he, uh, he came to this island like 20 years ago. And there was this big, there was this uh, treasure that was on the top of this. What is it? Just like, it's not even a hill. It's just straight up just like rock. Yeah, I would say it's like a cliff. It's cliff, yeah, yeah. A cliff. Um, a mount, almost a mountain. It's like, it's kind of that tall. And it's like, oh yeah, almost basically inaccessible. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets so close to getting this treasure on the top of this cliff, only for him to slip, and then he falls into a treasure chest. Yeah, and because he was by himself, he became stuck. And then I guess the treasure chest and him merged as a being. Yeah. And, like, it's it's now part of his body. Yeah. Which uh, is hilarious. He, he's a and hilarious he character. Now a bush. Yeah, and he's, he's, yeah. I, Gaimon is great. And, again, I love the, the creativity of some of the characters and designs in this series. Um, Oda clearly is not caring about realism at all. No, and I think that that's like the one thing I I really would give uh, One Piece credit for is that this is the most interesting world I think we've covered mm-hmm. like so far if if uh, ever just because at least to, in my opinion because there is a lot of like absurdity to everything whereas a lot of anime and I think this is why I don't connect with a lot of anime is that um, it's like this weirdly hyper real moments and it's like we've got to have like all this drama and i mean mm-hmm. not to say this doesn't have drama but then they like also do weird absurd stuff but don't really address it or here they're at least kind of addressing it and being like no this is kind of part of the we're not the most super serious version of this yeah and, and there's, think... pl- there's plenty of moments in the series that are just like really really funny um like when luffy meets uh one of his future crewmen who's a skeleton uh a skeleton named Brooke, and the first thing um, Luffy asks him is if he poops. Oh my god! <laughs> no, but it's, again, Luffy is Luffy is just a goddamn idiot. Um, again, what do you think of Luffy? We haven't even talked about your thoughts on on the hero. Yeah, like he's also like Luffy's like a very unassuming hero. Like the fact is, it's like this guy is going to become king of the pirates. Like <laughs> this is the guy. Like, like yeah, he's a and, very and... ambitious character. But he's also, like, not the most there. Like, it's just, like, he's not the best leader. He's not really the best of anything. He's just a very enthusiastic person. And he's going to become king of the pirates. And that that's another anime trope we've seen it a couple times now with My Hero Academia and Carolyn Tuesday. I, I mean, I, I don't think One Piece is going to subvert anyone's expectations. He will become king of the pirates for sure. Yeah, I don't like. It'd be shocking if like there's a twist, but we also don't know. The ending of this hasn't been released. <laughs> the ending of this will will happen long after many many world events happen. Uh, it will outlive us all. Um, but yeah, so so anyways, uh, with Gaimon, yeah, uh, Luffy again with the stretching powers, he uh, offers to uh, look for the to get the treasure up up on that cliff, and. Um, what, what do you think of uh, the reveal? Like, it, it's somewhat predictable. Well, yeah. Well, so they there are treasures up there, I believe. Um, yeah, there's six. And, there's six Luf- boxes. Yeah, there's six of them, and uh, they don't. Yeah, I guess I, they don't really show them. They just he, he Luffy says it, but Luffy's like, "I'm never going to bring any of these." Like, I'm yeah, he, he kind of trolls Gaimon 
And then they're like, wait, Luffy, you're just being a jerk. And, he, and then Gaimon starts crying. And, you know, he just thanks Luffy. And again, it's because, you know, it, it's what Gaimon knew all along. There was nothing in these uh, treasure chests. His whole, uh, his whole life has been for nothing. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it, Wool, because it's like, it's still like, again, it's not like the tallest mountain, it's not like anything, so it's like pretty predictable that like, oh yeah, of course there's nothing there, because I mean, I mean, Gaimon fell into an empty chest, so I'm like, if that one was empty, chances are the others were empty too. Yeah. Um, But obviously, you know, um, I think that was kind of funny. Uh, for a moment there, I was like, oh, is this like actually what Luffy's like? Is Luffy just like, this is his ruthless pirateness? But no, no, it's just a kind of a joke. And uh, once they depart, there's sort of like a goodbye. And it's, again, this moment where it feels like Gaimon's going to join the crew. And then it's like, no, I've got to stay with the animals. <laughs> Which was like, wait, what? But I also get it that like, it was probably too early to like add another crew member. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and and I don't think Gaimon could could do too much. Uh, I he did he doesn't really have any skills other than just being Gaimon. Yeah, like I guess he's probably best served as like a person you pass by and you go hi Gaimon, and then he goes hi, you know Straw Hat crew, and then they leave. And uh, yeah, that that's it for this episode. And again, like I picked this one because again it's a really fun adventure, and I think it shows the cast dynamics pretty well. I mean, I, I think what One Piece's strength really is, is just, I love the cast. Yeah, this one, again, like, there's not really a, a weak link character where you're like, see them on screen, and you're like, really? I've got to deal with so-and-so? Like, Oh, don't worry, uh, the four kids dub will make you, will show you some weak links. <laughs> oh, okay. There's well, some weak links in that cast. Like, my thing is, is, like, you were mentioning that I guess Netflix is going to do some sort of adaptation of this. I assume it's live action. It is live action, and it was going to start filming at some point in South Africa. But, of course, COVID has pushed everything back. Um, just recently, like, just, like, a week or two ago, um, one of the producers or writers on the show said casting has not commenced. So it's still quite quite a ways away. But I actually read um, – I found the script on Reddit, actually, to the pilot, and it's – really accurate it's really accurate to at least luffy's origin and the um first bit of story actually i'm so fascinated by how they're gonna i have no goddamn the visuals alone man um and yeah maybe we'll get into that at the end uh i guess to netflix the benefit was probably because one piece at least like that's the thing oda isn't um at least when it comes to race he's actually already said like the nationalities of all the straw hats like, he stated that, like, Usopp would be from Africa. He said Nami would be from Sweden. Uh, Zoro, Japanese, obviously. And Luffy's actually Brazilian, so... Oh. Yeah, yeah so it's I an guess... international, like... I guess the advantage is, like, it's a very international cast you're going to find. Yeah, and that's also just how he... And that's what he said even before there was an adaptation. He just... Some fan asked him what nationalities the characters would be, and he's like, yeah, Luffy's Brazilian. So yeah, Luffy is actually, you know, a person of color. He's not just like this, like, I, not, what's the word? It's not just, you know, this, um, not, not whitewash, but you know what I mean? It's not that type of monolithic not, cast. Yeah. It's not just a generic, like, I guess it could be a white person if it was being cast in like 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I mean, I, whereas, I don't even want to know how bad the visuals would be. I don't even know how they can do the visuals with this modern budget. I mean, 
I mean, I guess like I mean they're gonna do a Cowboy Bebop live action show with John Cho. So yeah, but no I'm one has superpowers in that show. I I guess I don't know. I haven't seen it. Yeah, um, true, true enough. Um, but uh, yeah, I was just this one's a fascinating like will be a fascinating kind of watching because I'll probably watch that live action one that it, comes out in 2023 the, the way i see it it's either going to be far better than what we expect or a glorious train wreck that people will appreciate for for, for the millions that netflix will spend on it um because the budget's apparently like 10 million an episode like and again let, let's get into this next episode because this is definitely uh one that features characters that would require a hefty cgi budget um this is where we get introduced to the fishman yeah, the fishman, the evil fishman. Um, yeah, and this is also Nami's origin. So yeah, the, this was really the episode where I was like, you can't skip the intro because that cold open is like, again, it's it's a young Nami. She's with this uh, fishman gang leader named Arlong. Yeah. And, uh, Arlong sucks. Is, is Arlong the Dio of, of what we've watched at least so far? Arlong Absolutely. Is, yeah. Absolutely. There's no one like he's uh, a, I guess he's a bastard man. Um, he's just like, yeah, he's pretty insufferable, like just as a character, as a person. Um, yeah, because he like he's taken over this like uh, the I guess the home island. Yeah. Of of her. Um, and um she and she's like supposed to be getting these berries for him. Yes, yeah, so, so like, berry is the currency of One Piece. Yeah, so he's like going to get these berries, but like before she can get to him, there's these this other faction, the Marines. The Marines. So yeah, I I mentioned world governments. Um, the Marines work on behalf of the world governments, and um, with a couple exceptions, the Marines are assholes as well. Yeah, like they this one it was like oh this is like kind of a commentary on how uh certain government agencies overstep their boundaries for sure and, um uh and like only you know seem to do things uh for no apparent reason other than they have the power to do it uh, it's, uh it's somewhat like current Some, somewhat current um i'll say this right now um one piece is the most antifa series out there uh considering the core arc of the series is basically building up to the overthrowing of the world government and the fact that the world government protects a bunch of wealthy assholes who treat everyone like shit. And the fact that the world government covers up crimes and also enables powerful pirates to commit crimes just because. Um, well, they kind of reference that here. Like, there's, like, because the Marines are, like, why are you, like, uh, what's her name again? I feel like I'm... Uh, Nami? Nami, yeah. Like, Nami says to the Marines when they're confronting her, like, why are you targeting me? I've like done nothing. And there's like bigger, badder people out there who are actually doing things that are wrecking communities. And like, they just don't care. They're like, no, I got to go after you because you're here. And then there's a, uh, this other guy who comes in and they're like, this tangerine farm looks suspicious. And they just go dig it up. Like, it's just so cold hearted. Like just how like, they're like, we're going to dig it up. And Nami has to like basically fight and stop the Marines from like destroying this tangerine farm. Yeah, and uh, and on for top no of that, reason. and and on top of that, she also has to contend with the fact that you know, Arlong, the the leader of this fishman gang, is uh got a really uh strong crew of baddies on his side. Yeah, like Arlong is clearly like, pro you know, 
Buggy and his crew are like sort of like jokers compared yeah. to like and when I say jokers I'm not referencing the Batman character. I'm just like jokers. But Buggy could have easily been a Joker ripoff and instead he's more he's more just a recurring asshole. Yeah, he's a he's just yeah, he's just a guy. He loves to be a clown, but he's a pirate. Um Yeah, no. and it's just like and then so Nami goes to the fishman Arlong and confronts him. And it turns out that um, that he's paid off the Marines to go steal those berries from her, mm-hmm. just cause. Yeah. And then, um, and she's like, "Oh, you broke your word." And he's like, "What word?" Which is like, "Oh, obviously he's broken his word." Uh, even though I don't know. Yeah. So a, so a, so a bit of backstory for Nami. Basically, she was an orphan girl. Um, this woman named Bellamere uh, adopted her and this other girl, and. Yeah, basically Arlong's crew came in, you know, yep. years ago, messed everyone up, and then uh, actually killed Bellamere, who was like, yeah, this woman who who Nami just admired and was basically her mother. And then Nami, in an effort to protect her village, joined up with Arlong's crew. Okay. I, I feel like you, you probably got the gist of that, though. I feel like this episode yeah. does like, a pretty solid summary, all things considered. Yeah, like everything you just said, except for like Bellamere and like yeah. that stuff. I didn't know the names necessarily, but I did like, okay, you figure that out. You can pick just that out, exactly. There's the flashbacks and, you know, she, you know, basically she like walks away from Arlong in defeat because he goes, I need a hundred million berries from you now if you want to like free this island, which is impossible. It's, it's impossible. An impossible number. You know, they, um, the crew's joking that it'll take her decades just to do it. And, like, chances are he'll try to pull different schemes in terms of, like, oh, you know, finding new Marines to pay off to, like, tax to tax her, if you will. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, charge her with false crimes. Um, and, uh, you know, she's, like, basically in defeat because she's, like, oh, they're going to kill everyone. And, like, but then the village kind of tells nami that like no we you know we wanted you to leave just for your own good and we're happy to and you wouldn't have left if you like felt guilty for us yeah and uh that's not a good thing in nami's opinion because yeah the village is like we're gonna rally rally for nami but of course you know if they do do that they're all gonna get massacred by arlong yeah which is like you know puts her uh them in a bad her in a bad spot just in terms of the guilt of and like, then, oh, they're doing this for me. They died for me. Yeah. And then, then we cut to, uh, again, because we've been jumping, again, we, we've jumped about 20 episodes already in between this. You get to see the, not the final crew member of uh, Luffy's crew, but definitely the final one of this, you know, again, this uh, prologue effectively to the series. You get to see Sanji. What do you think of, what do you think of him, the blonde haired dude? Well, uh, yeah, he he's now like in the more traditional, and, and when I say traditional, it's just yeah, your general it. anime hero idea. He's like a very yeah classic anime hero. Like he feels like a guy who would have just shown up into like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. So, like he seems like that kind of guy, where it's like, oh, aren't you supposed to be in some dark gothic horror show? Instead, you're like running around as a pirate here. Yeah, I, and I mean, Sanji's a cool character. He, he, he actually, not the most recent arc of the series, but the second most recent arc, uh, Whole Cake Island, um, that's a heavily Sanji-focused arc. And you actually get to meet Sanji's entire family. And uh, I must reiterate, 
You do not meet Sanji's entire family or find out critical parts of his backstory until two decades after his introduction. Oh, boy. But it's actually a fantastic arc because his loyalties get tested and stuff. And it actually, it puts that character who, I would never say that Sanji's a side character. He's always been a core part of the crew. He's a badass fighter. But again, it's interesting how Oda is like, I'm just going to make this one character of the crew the lead character for two years, basically. Yeah, it sounds like when he, he gets to a point and he's like, oh, this character interests me now, so I'm going to go and deal with them. Or it's like, probably, um, it's time to like learn more about this character. Exactly. Because like, the, tr- the truth is, is like in this episode, you don't really know anything about Sanji. Like, all it is is that oh, he's yeah. there. His, he's just, his recruitment he's arc is the arc before this. Yeah, and so obviously I haven't seen the recruitment arc. Yeah. And so, it's, so he's just there by, at this point. Um, and so that's that's all I know. And he doesn't have a major part in the next episode we will watch. No, he doesn't. He get, he gets to show a bit of his um his ticks though. The fact that you know he loves Nami and, and pretty much any other girl. He's a total he's a total horn dog. He reminds me a lot for, of uh, Brock from the Pokemon cartoon, who would always propose to girls every time he saw them in the show. Maybe yeah. I mean I don't remember. Yeah, you don't even remember any, any reference to Pokemon, man. God. E- even now, I'm sometimes astounded. I missed it all. It's all you over my head. You missed it all, man. You missed it all. Um, I'm I was sure busy, one of our listeners I was busy, the reference. I was busy watching The Simpsons as like I a did that too. Old. Um. <laughs> anyways, yeah. So, so we we had this uh, bit of straw hat stuff with um, yeah, Sanji, Zoro, and uh, Usopp, and mostly just them. They're just talking about what the next plan is, and of course, the plan is to support Nami. Yeah, and like there's this great scene where um, Nami's sort of just like, you should go. Like, he's there, she's with uh, Luffy, like, you should go, like, you should go. And like, Luffy's just kind of standing there, not responding, and she's really upset. And he gives her his hat, puts mm-hmm. it on her head. Um, and then we're immediately flashed back that there's like a, I guess, a sequence that I didn't yeah, see. Yeah, a sequence you didn't like, see. Where he's like, don't touch my hat. Like, this is my very important. So, like, the fact that he, like, gave the hat to her and it's like you know we're friends like i'll do this for my friends is kind of i feel like gives nami hope and like the rest of the crew minus nami all go to where uh our is. is but i do want to get uh, to with all the villagers because there's these villagers who are uh at the same point time are waiting to get in cause, basically because they're gonna go fight Arlong. but but we skip the most metal moment of uh, the most metal moment of all these episodes which is Nami stabbing her tattoo with a knife. Yeah, that one was like, holy fuck. <laughs> like, I was that's like... an iconic moment of the series. That's an all-time moment. Um, and that's why I picked this episode, because the moment, again, the actress does a fantastic job. I can't wait to see how the, uh, the actress uh, in the Four Kids dub does it, considering the context of, yeah, a person stabbing their shoulder with a knife to remove their tattoo. Yeah, that one was like I was. That was violent. I was like, "How can you like, like that's where it's like this is not for kids. Like, stop like trying to make this a kids thing because like no kids show really has and probably until now been like hey, here's, here's self yeah self mutilation just stabbing the arm. Like, um, it made me kind of cringe. Like you don't you like you see that in a saw movie. You don't you, you don't expect it. In but I, I love how it's played, though, because, again, it is Nami. She's at her most desperate. And, you know, Arlong has completely broken her. 
And yeah, so she stabs this tattoo because this is a tattoo that Arlong put on her to basically brand her as a member of his uh, crew. And yeah, it's it's the most dramatic symbol that she could do. And yeah, I just feel the voice actors in general like did a fantastic job of just showing that desperation. Yeah, I um, I I do I do like that. Like I do feel like it's such a great dramatic moment, and it is played really nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, and, yeah, and and so then we get to um, I wish I could. Yeah, it's uh. So then we get to again mo- moving a bit forward. We get to the Straw Hats, um, and yeah, they move on to Arlong, and then the villagers try to get into um, Arlong's little base, and then we see these two characters. Their names are. Johnny, Johnny and Yosaku, and they're two dorks. Uh, they're actually friends of Zoro, and uh, yeah, they're guarding. They're guarding the gate, and they're just like, oh yeah, you know, we fought Arlong and he beat us, but you know, not too badly. It was pretty close. I, lo- I just which love is kind of funny. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, no, he's never gonna let anyone go alive. So like. They just seem like they've just been beaten up from just their travels. <laughs> yeah, I, I think his, I think not even Arlong beats him up. It's like one of his henchmen. I mean, jo- Johnny and his friend, uh, they're cool characters, but they, they only appear in two arcs, basically, uh, aside from a little cameos. Uh, but I do love yeah, like, how dorky they are. See, yeah, like they clearly, like for me, was because I hadn't, they hadn't been introduced in any of the yeah. other episodes I saw. Like I was just like, oh, so they're clearly people that like have been established and they are like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern-esque duo of like... That, that's a good way of describing them. And and who knows, knowing knowing the fact that Oda will bring up characters from from hundreds and hundreds of chapters before and they have made like one or two like wordless cameos, you know? Who knows, maybe, maybe they will play a role in the, uh, the final battle to come. Um, but for now, they're just two dorks. Yeah. And yeah, so... And, and then the episode ends with to be continued. Yeah, and Luffy, um, the cliffhanger is awesome because Luffy just enters and he's like, you know, where is Arlong? And I think that's just, you just know shit's going to go down. Yeah, it seems like it's a badass. Mo- it's a badass moment for Luffy. It's kind of a, it shows his toughness and the fact that he's willing to like stand up for his crew and do, stand up for the people of that island, honestly. Mm-hmm. And also just like him walking with, you know, Sanji and the rest of the crew. Again, it's just such a cool moment. And it does get, a, there are a number of moments later on in this series that parallel this one. But this is kind of the original of, again, you know, just the straw hats just walking together and being like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to start some shit. Yeah, this is sort of like the beginning of like, at least because you call, keep calling this section this is of a prologue. episodes really, the prologue. This, these 53 episodes, they're officially referred to as the East Blue Saga. And again, it's basically just a series of recruitment stories. Yeah, it seems like it's just like, okay, this is a way of, um, you know, the crew to bond. And also, like, in, and if anyone's going to fight Arlong, it does make sense that it's the rubber man who, like, can't really, you know, who can take a punch and, like, really take damage and and even then there's a little hint of how arlong gets defeated because um luffy he's just like sitting uh down next to a tree and he he's talking about the guy with the pinwheel um hat he's like kind of like the town police chief and he just oh yeah there's yeah there's this thing where like um as a a lot of the stuff early stuff in the episode is happening yeah luffy's just kind of at a tree daydreaming 
and yeah. he's like, "Oh, I figured out the move," and it's like, "Oh," and I guess that sets up for an episode. That does I didn't that does in fact it. completely set up uh, how he defeats Arlong. Uh, did you have any thoughts about the pinwheel guy, <laughs> the guy, the uh, like the kind of like town chief of police who uh, has a pinwheel on his hat? <laughs> it was it was like a again, I'm one of those funny like design choices where it was like, oh, he's it's a little bit goofy. It's like not. It's like because of some of the more outrageous character designs, it doesn't stand out to me as like the most crazy. But it was just like, oh, even on this like random small island, there are guys with just like, again, a guy in a pinwheel hat. Yeah. <laughs> Who also has tons and tons of scars on him, too. Again, just the design choices are. Um... Oda seems to be an artist who just has complete freedom. He, he, he puts whatever he feels like. And again, yeah. he isn't, he has his own style for sure, but it is something that, again, like the, the character designs in One Piece don't feel restricted at all. Yeah, I'm curious how they're going to do that as live action. I, like I, I know, man, because again, like, I mean, a character like Zoro, you can picture, you know, a dude with, you know, greenish hair and, you know, a tank top and a sword. But even then, um, and let's use that to move on to our next segment. Um, we we covered a clip because I, because again, like One Piece is so vast. So I did ask you to watch this clip, uh, which features the fight with Zoro and Mihawk. And um, this clip it takes place in between um, episodes 17 and uh, 37. It's like part of the the Sanji recruitment story. And yeah, this yeah. guy named Mihawk, who is one of the seven warlords of the sea, and uh, a badass swordsman all around. Round. He's pretty much the best swordsman in the entire world. Um, Zoro decides to fight him, and it, it does not work out for the guy. Yeah. No, there's like, it's a lot of cutting up, and like, I mean, Mihawk has one of the smallest swords I've ever seen. Yeah, he, he doesn't even use his, his main sword against Zoro. He fights him with just a tiny d- dagger. Yeah, like putting it like it's like a it's like a bread like um like a cheese knife. It's like one of the, it's like feels like that's that short like something that you would cut brie cheese with. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, that's the feeling of this knife. And yeah, so it's, it's a pretty badass fight. Like it's a pretty like I mean, you know, obviously I don't know who Mihawk is. Um, and they don't give movie. you a ton about him. Mihawk is again, he's one of the seven warlords, which means he's a big freaking deal. That's kind of the context. Yeah. And like it is kind of there's a bit of an irony and it's kind of funny that the guy named Zoro uh, in this story is not the best swordsman. But it establishes a goal for sure for him. And what I like is I think in other stories that don't have the scope of One Piece, they'd be like, oh, yeah, this is Zoro. He's he's a badass swordsman. So, of course, you know, you'll have him fight the best swordsman in the world. He'll beat him and then that'll just continue Zoro's badass streak. But instead... And Zoro gets fucked up uh, considerably, and also in like a rather humiliating way. Yeah, he gets like sliced up a bit, and it's just like, and he doesn't even like land a hit on him, basically. And uh, no, guess, what do you think of Zoro's style? Because yeah, Zoro, Zoro's fighting style, I think, is going to be something that would be ha- hard to adapt in live action without looking ridiculous. Because yeah, he fights yeah. with three swords: one, two in his hands, and one in his mouth. Yeah, see, I feel like that's going to be one of those things where they go, we had to cut the mouth one. We had to cut the mouth sword. I, I, saw, like, someone, I saw someone say maybe he could have a dagger in his mouth, which I guess is a bit more reasonable. But then, even then, like, that, that 
dagger is not going to be long enough to really do any damage, so then why are you bothering having a anything in your mouth? That, um, that is true. I think what could be cool is if they try to do, like, two swords in one hand and maybe, like, a bigger sword in the other hand where, like, it's, like, almost like juggling but with swords. For I don't sure. know how that's going to work. But, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of, like, being – for the fact this is animated – I'm like, yeah, I buy into this fact that he's got a sword in his mouth. I think in the live action, I would not be surprised if they like go like we just we had to cut it. It's just not realistic. And when I say realistic, I mean, like it's just not physically possible for a it, human I, to do this. In a I'm gonna live have to action. look up a YouTube video of someone u- using three sword style. Um, yeah, but yeah. I don't envy the actor who's gonna end up playing this character. I'm <laughs> like, um, gonna do this fight training. But again, you kind of buy it because again, Zoro is a dude who is just so extra. I think I think that defines a lot of this series, especially these couple episodes. We saw we saw Nami uh, self mutilate herself, and then Zoro, after getting his ass kicked by Mihawk, tells him to just yeah, he's he's not going to turn his back. He just tells Mihawk to you know cut him down, and he lets him. Yeah, and then it. I guess that clip kind of just ends there. Yeah, I mean, I just, that clip is actually from a different... The clip I sent to you is actually from, like, a special, which is why the animation style is different. It's from, like, yeah, somewhat it's much, special. I was going to say, the because, like, you can tell... That's the one thing with these episodes that I, like, really noticed is that it's very obvious that, like, especially those the first two episodes were produced in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. And, and on it's top just... of that, Netflix cropped them. So so anytime there's awkward animation, I'm just wondering what, whenever there's, like, not a lot of movement in the frame, I'm just wondering what's to the side because Netflix did a shitty job. Yeah, it's... I know that was an issue with The Simpsons yeah. and their older episodes on Disney+. And I felt kind of similar uh, feelings watching this where I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if this is the streamer doing this or if this is just because this was made in like 1998. Definitely. The, the, the cropping definitely hurts and stuff. Uh, anytime I see like yeah. dialogue when there isn't uh, movement, I'm like, uh, is there something? Can I, can I move my head to see it? Um, also, also you can tell, I think that like, you know, they didn't have as much assistance with probably like, computer animation sure. as they would later on so like that newer clip it just looks a little crisper you can see every, there's like a more fluidity where the other ones i'm like oh yeah i can see like it feels more hand painted or hand drawn yeah uh, so, but so, i don't know i don't know exactly. that kind of world and i only i only learned about it when i was looking for the clip because i just didn't want to be like oh just watch minutes one through whatever from this episode um, that clip though was from, you can, you can look it up at Zoro versus Mihawk, um, episode of East Blue, which again, because One Piece has been going on for so long, they do recap movies, which kind of are, you know, the cliff notes version of, of these, uh, narratives basically. It's for the people who can't or don't want to commit to, to 900, episodes 500, of <laughs> yeah, five, yeah, 900 episodes of television. That's cause it is like saying like, Hey, I need you to watch every episode of The Simpsons, and I need you to start doing it, like, now. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's... And I'll say this. I'll say this. At least One Piece adapts the best stuff properly before it gets to the point of, of a lot of filler. I looked up the episode counts, and I'm like, okay. Again, I remember texting you when I first started watching the anime itself. I was like, oh, this is actually pretty well-paced. And, yeah, for up to a certain point until, like, pretty much – uh, post time skip, the pacing in One Piece is, is pretty solid. Yeah. 
And that's still like 500 episodes of content. So when I, when I, when I say, you know, post time skip, I'm saying like, no, you can still watch like 400 episodes that are pretty good. Um, so yeah, yeah. The reason why I wanted to talk about that clip of Zorro um, getting his ass beat is basically because it just shows you how bigger the world is, how big the world is um, in the context of it. Because again, you have this character like Zorro, who at this point is pretty much just objectively a badass. And so to have him be, you know, taken down so easily is like, oh, oh, this world, you know, it's going to be a while before these characters reach this power level, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's because, yeah, it's you see it's more of the infancy of like, yeah, we're still very long ways away. We're a ways away. And and, uh, I I did read that that Oda had said he intended One Piece to only go on for five years, which is very hilarious. Yeah, no, it seems like the as it got more successful, but also probably as he delved into it more and more, he probably got more and more excited by his own ideas. And I, I'm curious, like, uh, as you said, if he should have been cutting down some stuff, doing that classic uh, writing trope of kill your darlings. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the thing is, though, like, current day One Piece right now is, like, awesome. It really is. Um, but you, we are kind of reaching the end of that series. Um where you're like, okay, how many how many more characters can Luffy take down? And the character he's fighting right now in the in the manga is the character with the highest bounty in the entire world. So that is definitely an indicator of, okay, you know, there's, there's only so much farther we can take this. Yeah, I mean, there's at a certain point, it's like, oh, okay. I think I've referenced it a lot this part, this episode, but I'm like, it's kind of a Walking Dead problem. It is. Then. It's a Walking Dead thing, although I'd argue the the quality has been shockingly consistent for a 23 year series. Um, and again, well, like I said, this this series is like anti fascist as hell, and that's that's the stuff that I'm excited to see play out in these next couple of years. Yeah, I guess it's uh, also being influenced by. Uh, current political climates and I mean the a global sense yeah and again like this this series deals with a lot of stuff it, they did an entire arc on racism which is basically about the racism against fishmen and it gets pretty intense um let's let's move on to the next episode though uh the final episode we're covering which is yeah the final episode of the east blue saga um this takes place in a town called log town and uh it features a ton of devil fruit users yeah, this one was like, you know, I think because uh, of the fact that, like, there's a lot of setup going into this episode, I was a little lost with what was going on. But from what I could gather, there was a lot of interesting pieces. Like, as you said, there's, like, the devil fruit users. I just like the idea of it, like, all being set with, like, almost during a rainstorm where it was, yeah. like, raining the whole time. So, like, atmospherically, it was uh, uh, it was really kind of cool to watch. Um you know, that's where you get you get to see Buggy the Clown. That's like for at least for me, like he's more referenced in the other episodes, but this is the first time yeah. um I saw him. Um I'm gonna be kinda of jumping around. I um I had you know, a few questions, which was like, you know, there's this guy in a green cloak that you kinda of see at All the right, start so and then at the end. I don't know who he is. Uh, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. And dear listener, if you plan on going in completely blind, you can just um Skip a minute. Um, that's Luffy's dad. That's and his dad? His, and, yeah, and his dad's name is Monkey D. Dragon, um, because names in this series are awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's so, a good name. I didn't so, know that. And he is the leader of the Revolutionary Army, which is to say, um, you know, I've talked about how anti-fascist this series is. Hmm, maybe the leader of the Revolutionary Army might be an important character. Um, but I guess we'll find out because Luffy hasn't formally met his dad uh, yet. Again, like, it, it's pretty obvious the whole Revolutionary Army stuff is going to play a part in that final, final arc. Yeah. So wait, he doesn't know the, uh, who his dad is. Like Lu- when <laughs> Luffy doesn't even know he has a dad. When 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 he meets his grandfather, uh, Garp, and uh, met many many arcs later, his uh, his grandfather tells him about his dad, and he's like, "Wait, I have a dad?" Because uh, Luffy is just so dumb. I again, he's endearingly stupid. Yeah, I guess it's is he was he like an orphan or something? Was that no? Like- he has like he has like an actual like grandfather who took care of him. Um, and is I'm not going to oh, reveal yeah. what his grandfather's profession is because that's also a neat twist. Um, okay, but I guess it means that like he was his parents. Obviously, it sounds like his dad had to do this anti or this revolutionary war thing, and that's why. Yeah, he, like, and and left. this guy in the green cloak, um, he does reference that quite a bit. He's clearly saying, you know, the times are changing. Yeah, which is again hilarious <clears throat> that this is in the prologue. Um, and not deep into the series, even though we're 50, it's like again fifty three episodes. Fifty three episodes, um, and you're only only a fraction of the way through the story. Um, for yeah. but a hundred chapters, if you're comparing it to to how it was in the manga. Um, yeah. But um, I I liked Moji. Moji was kind of a fun like Moji oh, and Richie. Oh yeah, Moji and Richie. Yeah, I, I told you about Richie a couple of weeks ago when I was like, oh yeah, this has so many speed wagons. Um, yeah, let's not quite go to the Speedwagon segment yet, because we're also introduced to, to uh, Smoker. Smoker, yeah. He is, he's the guy who, like, has becomes a car, right? Is that the... No, Buggy turned into a car. Smoker's the guy who turns into smoke. Oh, yeah, okay. That Well, that makes way more sense. Um, I, I forgot that it was... Uh, because again, this episode does this thing where it like cuts between a lot of things. That's it happening. does, and it, so, it's like, again, it's clearly you know a finale to to a story. Yeah, like this is very much like probably would have benefited uh, to watch the episode or two before it, yeah. uh, but at the same time, it's fine to just jump into it. I I was still like able to see it through, but yeah, there's Smoker, um, and like um, and he's there like a con- confrontation. Um, fuck, who is it between? I'm. There's so much happening. There, there's Buggy. There's Alvita, who isn't named, but uh, she has the smooth, smooth fruit power, which makes her skin super smooth uh, to the point of frictionlessness. Oh, my God. Yeah, you saw her. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She, yeah. like, literally, like, skates down without wearing... Uh, they, they, she goes on a ramp and just skates down, not wearing shoes, to uh, to kind of glide. Um, but sadly, hearing Buggy get taken down pretty quickly by Smoker. Yeah, and and Smoker again, obviously another devil fruit user. Yeah, the the uh, plume skill. plume fruits. But he's the from the plume. Okay, I see. I don't know the subsets of the devil fruits. It's, it's only because just... it's only because someone mentions it in the, the show. So they're the, a bystander. It's like, oh my god, he has the plume plume fruits. Um, if you didn't realize this now, yes, all all the uh, the devil fruits are, you know, a word twice. Yeah, that makes sense now that you've said it out loud. Yeah, gum gum, gum time. gum fruit, devil devil fruit, or not, um, 
gum gum fruits, uh, plume plume fruits, smooth smooth fruits, uh, buggies, chop chop fruits. Oh, lot gosh. lot lot of fruits, and there's a lot of devil fruit users. Um, but yeah, so they get taken down. But yeah, sm- smoker's power is like pretty pretty darn powerful, as, as you can see. Uh, yeah, uh, and it's they don't really stand a chance against him. From if I'm not mistaken, I'm... no, exactly. And like, yeah, he can even use his body to like you know not take hits because again, he can just turn into smoke. Yeah, and then there's like uh, another confrontation that happens with uh, Zoro. Zoro, Zoro and like, Tashigi. And Tashigi, who I did not, I did not realize initially was uh, was a woman until oh. <laughs> until later when it's when really? she says I'm a woman. Yeah, I guess the character design and never like I never, I didn't make that assumption first. I guess I should have. Like I don't know. It was just um, I think because so much other stuff was happening and I was Fair paying enough. attention. That it was probably that, but at the same time, it was like, oh, I like. It was kind of a neat twist, and then there, there's a sword fight that happens there, um, where I also uh, was that Luffy and Zoro are being chased by, I believe it's a Marine squad. Yeah, yeah, but they have to stop to have this fight, which I kind of found funny, but because I was like, aren't the Marines coming? Like they weren't that far away when you guys stopped no. to have this like and, yeah, sword so, fight. So Zoro has this like confrontation with Chichigi and. Uh... Zoro is really hung up on the fact that she looks like a girl he knew that died. And he, he says that in like the most awkward way because, again, Zoro is not, not a character who's in touch with his emotions. Yeah, and like, and she makes a point. Uh, what's her name again? It's Tashiki. Tashiki. Tashiki makes a point where it's like, if I was a man, you would have killed me. You didn't do it. And, like, and then yeah, you're being like a piece of shit, a sexist for like saying that about like the fact that oh i look like this like ex-girlfriend of yours and yeah exactly Zoro's like how did you know that which mm-hmm. was like it's pretty obvious like it's a girl i knew and she's dead and um and it's like yeah obviously they were probably dating and and, um, and i should point out that um zoro is voiced by christopher sabbath who also voiced all might um i think he does a great job as zoro yeah, I, I looked. Uh, I looked him up because I was like, the voice sounded familiar. Okay. Um, it's not like super familiar to all Might, but it's still just, I guess, familiar enough. I mean, he he definitely has that good voice for like those kind of tougher tougher hero characters for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, big ups to Chris Sabat. Yeah, um, and I, I mean, like I say, Zoro is unabashedly my favorite character. He's just he's such a badass and just also such a dork at the same time. Yeah, and so you know, there's this fight, and it kind of just ends, um, because because um, that's when we get in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, gets interrupted by um, by the cloak guy. Yeah, by Smoker, and then yeah, I mean Zoro takes down Tashigi pretty quickly. It it was kind of disappointing. I hope I was hoping there she would hold her own a bit better. Um, but, you is know. she someone that comes plays into things uh, more? Or yeah, she this... she does reappear uh, after the time skip and stuff. And yeah, Zoro 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 learns a bit from her and whatever. Uh, yeah, Smoke Smoker and Tashigi are recurring characters. Okay, I yeah. mean, I assume like no, unless they die, it feels like characters don't really go away once they're once people they're really don't. And actually, the thing about One Piece is characters die a lot in flashbacks, but in like present day, the amount of like full on character deaths is actually like shockingly small. 
but when they do happen, they they are all time heartbreaking, basically. Yeah, because then uh, you know it's like really serious. Then and you I, know it's serious. Yeah, because um, I, I guess the advantage of One Piece is like there's times when you watch like a television show, especially I guess for me like a live random live action show, yeah. and there's like always like an episode where there's like oh they like introduces like what could be a really interesting side character for like one episode, and then like that, that character like never reappears. And you're like, oh man, like I wish like you could bring that back. And I do like that like this show does at least go like, hey, I actually like that character, so let's bring him, let's actually bring him back. Yeah, and and One Piece does it to to the most ridiculous degree, where characters who haven't appeared in in over a decade will will come back with a vengeance. And uh, you know, I'm I'm following this YouTuber named Totally Not Mark, and he's been doing these these uh, One Piece first reaction recaps, basically. And he's mentioning characters that are super um, important right now in the current arc. And he's talking about them from like, you know, literally like, they're like, oh yeah, they appeared eight years ago. And I'm like, holy crap. Uh, that Again, it's just ridiculous how Oda, and I, I, I don't think Oda is the type of person who's, who was like, okay, I've written this plan down when I was 18 years old. I'm not straying from it. I think he's similar one of the things I hate is when people say the Marvel, the, the people who write, write the Marvel movies, they all plan it. But if you read interviews with them, they're like, no, we, we don't know how these movies end. We don't know how the other movies that end around our world are. We just take cool stuff and we find it, we make it work basically. We're like, oh, if this happened in this one movie, how could this happen in this one? It's not like, you know, again, you know, they'll have critical beats planned out but it's not like you know they wrote down every character's fate and they knew exactly what was going to happen yeah well also like you know i think especially when you're filming and doing live action stuff you know actors unfortunately pass away <laughs> yeah um uh, rest in peace chadwick boseman um or you know other actors go like i've been doing this for 12 years i want to maybe do something else robert downey jr yeah uh, and I mean, like, stuff you know, like that, I'm sure was planned. I mean, you know, Iron Man, they, they said in interviews that, you know, Iron Man's death was like the first, I guess, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen I mean, Endgame. if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen uh, I, I, Avengers I Endgame, know. I'm not sure how you found us. I don't know how that. I don't know how. Um, but like, again, that was something that was, you know, consulted with, I'm sure, you know, years in advance, because again, you know, losing someone like Downey, you, you gotta, you gotta, you know. Uh, have a lot of meetings probably to make that happen even properly. Um, yeah. Or, or I guess like a, a more uh, common example is like Natalie Portman deciding she doesn't want to return for another Thor movie. And then she does. Uh, and, and then she does like where she skips actually the best of the Thor movies. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure Thor love and thunder will be awesome. Um, maybe, maybe dear listener, if you're listening to it in the, this years in the future, if, if movies have not been pushed back, um but no so yeah like um i think for sure odin knows what the one piece is he's he's given enough hints i mean i could i could tell you what i think the one piece is uh right what now do you think the one piece is um, or what do you think the one piece is it, well again that, that involves me throwing another term called the void century um again this series spoiler alert folks this series is so anti-fascist so if you're a person who 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 is maybe super right-wing and doesn't like it when your ideals like that are criticized, you may hate One Piece because the fascist government in this series um, has basically covered up an entire century of history known as the void century 
and whatever is known about that century apparently will will likely lead um, to certainly a rebellion that would destroy the world government. So whatever in the whatever the One Piece is, it likely has to do with the Void Century. That would make sense. Like that would um, because you know if you're going to be king of the pirates, that chances are that means you're going to like most likely be like a king of the world, aka you sure. free free the world from this government. And I just hope they just don't go down like a uh, Pulp Fiction route and like make it like a MacGuffin where they like open it up and go, whoa! And it's like, the end. Like just smash <laughs> uh, up the block. And, and, and it's funny, um, Oda has said the, the, the One Piece is not the friends we made along the way. <laughs> he has gone out oh, of the way thanks. to say that. Which honestly, like yeah. honestly, I'd be fine if that was the tr- truth because the series is so based around these characters, like ties of friendship. And in particular, like again, this... This has one of the best anime manga casts, in my opinion. The Straw Hats all love each other. It's like, yeah, they are they are best friends. Um, but yeah, so um, going back to the episode, I guess, uh, there's not too much left. We have that confrontation with Mochi and Richie. Uh, Usopp gets a bit of a win where he, he, he fires off an egg and uh, Richie the lion just eats it and gets distracted. Yeah, and that was just a funny moment. I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Like, I enjoyed seeing that. Like, I didn't like... Um, I, didn't, I was like, I just didn't want, like, Richie to be, like, destroyed. Like, I, didn't, I was, like, there, worried there, that, like... No, unlike, unlike JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which relishes in uh, the murder of dogs and cats and all sorts of animals, uh, One Piece is pretty kind to animals. Yeah, and I like I like seeing that. At least, like, in this kind of thing where it's, like, he's clearly not, like, a very vicious animal. Like, it's very much, like... At least for right now, I don't know. And he, maybe he also he acts like an animal in the sense that he likes food. He hasn't been fed, so he's like, "Oh, sweet, there's an egg." Yeah, he's like, "I'm more concerned about this egg than like pleasing." Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, please, Mo- pleasing mochi. Um, mochi. And yeah, so meanwhile, you know, after Zoro's confrontation with Tashigi, um, Sanji is just kind of holding the cavalry um, uh, as, as Usopp and uh, Nami get on their boats. Um, you know. <laughs> Uh, San- Sanji isn't too happy that uh, uh, Nami just wants him to, you know, fight off all the baddies. He's like, oh. Yeah, he's just like, oh, this is uh, this is great. Yeah, um, um, I guess this is the first time you got to see uh, Sanji fight, too, because, yeah, Sanji's whole gimmick is that because he's a cook, he refuses to uh, dirty his hands, so he only fights with uh, his legs. I did notice that. And they, and they do kind of show that in, like, the intro. Like, he they just show his fighting style there but yeah definitely like oh he's a an all legs kind of guy and that's another thing that'll be interesting when they have to do the live action that guy's only going to be able to fight with his legs. i guess so <laughs> that does kind of limit you in the action scenes you can do um i think unless he really like pissed. wears unless he wears like a glove or something i guess fans would be pissed if, if uh, sanji threw a punch because i don't think he's really done that I, I'm gonna have to look that up. Has has Sanji ever thrown a punch in 991 issues of one? And if it's a, I mean, I could see it being like one punch, like a dramatic uh, in a, a dramatic sense. In a dramatic sense, and not yeah. in just a reference to our first episode of this podcast. So he's a one he's a one punch man in a One Piece world. So 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 knowing knowing how long Oda takes to uh to fulfill um what is it um. Revelations. I, I guess the punch that one that Sanji would finally throw wouldn't be until like issue fifteen hundred. 
that it'll, it takes 1500s for, for Sanji to finally throw a punch and the crowd goes yeah. wild. Um, but yeah, so again, like, um, Luffy has this confrontation with Smoker, but then thankfully, um, the mysterious person, the mysterious person, uh, stops Smoker. Luffy gets free and, um, he, he meets up with Zoro and Sanji and, uh, he, he basically, uh, uses himself as a slingshot to kind of get them onto their, uh, pirate ship. Yeah, that's the advantage of being a rubber man, is that? Yeah, and he has very good aim, because they they land safely on the sail of their ship. Yeah, they don't puncture the sail. They don't puncture the sail or fall into the ocean unexpectedly. Yeah, and I mean, that's most important for, like, uh, was it? Yeah, for, uh, now I just blanked on his name. Uh, Luffy? Who's the rubber Luffy, yeah, Lou. I don't know. I kept being like Luby. His name's Luby. No, his name's no. not Luby. Um, Lu- yeah, Luffy. Like it's yeah. He he can't miss because he can't swim. Yeah, and so you know they're all together. They're finally reunited, and everyone declares their goal. Um, yeah, Luffy wants to become king of the pirates. Uh, Nami wants to again just chart the entire world because she wants to be the world's greatest navigator. Zoro wants to be um, you know the greatest swordsman. Uh, Sanji wants to, uh, is it like conquer the old blue? Uh, that one's a bit more vague. Yeah, it was a very, it's a vague, like, I've, I thought it might have something to do with his cooking, but I don't. It, it so. does, again, I, again, I listen, dear listener, I have read plenty of One Piece, but, uh, the all blue, um, or at least the concept of the all blue hasn't popped up a lot, but, you know, uh, cur- current, current present day Sanji has uh, more important matters than being the best cook right now. I'll say that. Um, yeah. And yeah. Usopp just wants to travel the world and be a brave warrior. His, his goal is much more vague. It's it's the simplest. And I mean, I kind of get it. Like, after, you know, you have all these characters already and you're about to introduce five more to the crew. They Some of them can't have like complex goals. Go Usopp's, with the rest of the narrative. And I mean, Usopp is clearly just, you know, trying not to be a coward. I think that's kind of his, his internal goal. And his dad, when you see his dad in, like, later uh, appearances, they redesign him, and his dad is just, like, the, the grittiest-looking dude. Um, yeah, Usopp's present-day look is very cool. Oh. Um, yeah, I obviously haven't seen it, so I don't know. No, and I, I don't feel like sharing screen. You know what? You'll, you'll see it when you see it. Um, so, yeah. I'll look I, it up. Well, you'll look up the great Yasop. Um, so anyways, dear listener, you, you've probably been awaiting this for a long, long time, as long as, as, long as One Piece has been going on. Uh, and let, let us introduce our, our favorite segment, uh, who is the speed wagon of this series? Speed wagon, 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 speed wagon. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. All right. All right. Who, who do you feel is the Robert E.O. Speedwagon of One this Piece, one, Malcolm? All right. So this one was a little tougher because there's actually, like, unlike last week where there was really no candidates for that because it, this it's is just a, a very somber, somber show. Yeah, this is a, yeah, this is smorgasbord of, like, of just options like i mean i thought about like the really big guy from the first episode i forgot his name already which one the, the fat uh, guy the fat the guy yeah 
I thought like maybe him, uh, this the guy with the uh, uh, the spinny hat. I was like, oh, oh maybe pinwheel it's him. guy, <laughs> pinwheel uh, pinwheel cop. Um, I I thought about uh, Ga- uh, guy man. Uh, guy man is a strong contender. I mean, guy man Gaimon's a strong contender, um, and uh, I was thinking about uh, Richie as well. I think it's Richie. Richie, I mean, but I think uh, oh. that it's none of them. I think the guy I'm choosing as my uh, Robert E. O. Speedwagon, my biscuit of this show, is uh, Captain Buggy. Captain uh, Buggy, clown. really? Eh? I guess it makes sense yeah. because yeah, we, it, he does fall under a speed wagon. Since again, he actually recurs as much as speed wagon does throughout the series. And to be honest, he he didn't appear in these episodes really all that much. He, to you, from your perspective, he was a small character. Yeah, he. I guess in my pers- perspective, he is a small character. But I also was like, he's the most fascinating one to me because he's a clown who is a pirate, and then he has this ability to turn into a car. Yes. Right? And that's, like, all I know about this character, right? <laughs> I haven't seen any other episodes. So I'm like, how is this guy can't – this guy can't be uh, ignored? Like, I felt like – like, because I, I – honestly, I was really torn between him and uh, Richie because I was like, I really did like Richie. Just, like, mm-hmm. the egg moment really got to me. But I also was like, I just didn't feel like that was enough. And I just felt like there's enough intrigue with uh, Captain Buggy Clown to to justify the pick. So what about you? Who is your pick? I mean, I, it's got to be Gaimon. And I think Gaimon, especially in the context of One Piece, is a total total minor speed wagon. He is a, he's a character who, again, gets very little. But he, he makes his appearance known. And again, he's a fun dude. Gaimon, he's going to be protecting those animals on that island for the rest of his life. Um. And who knows? No, knowing how Oda brings back random characters, I'm sure that may, maybe Gaimon has a teeny role to play in the uh, the battle for for uh, what is it the uh, the end of the world government, the, the beginning of the revolution. Yeah, the the battle at the Grand Line. Yeah, well, even then, man, when you say Grand Line, I get nostalgic because I'm like, oh, the Grand Line's not a big deal at all. Really? Because that's like. That's played up so much in this. It's played up so much. And it's like, yeah, we're going to the Grand Line. It's like, oh, no. like, I mean, and again, for for hints, it looks like this current arc they're in is referred to as the Wano Country Arc. It's it's an arc set in, like, kind of feudal Japan. Or, again, all all these worlds, all these islands are kind of, like, different worlds, basically. But it looks like... It has, like, like a classic... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, it just kind of has that classic Star Trek feel where, like, when you watch the original show, oh, it's like, yeah, I watch a lot of it, where they just kind of, like, there's, like, in the in original Star Trek, there's a mafia world they go to where it's all, like, the Godfather-like, but it's uh, mm-hmm. just a Star Trek episode. Um, and I assume that's kind of what One Piece does from time to time. What is it? Oh, can I share a computer screen? Okay, let, let's try and do this. I'm going to share some visuals. Allow Zoom to share your screen. Oh, I have to open some preferences. I'm going to do this because I do want to showcase some of the crazy, crazy designs. Are people going to be able to see this? No, but I can show you and you can just be like, wow. Okay. Well, we'll cut probably this part. We'll we'll cut that part. I know. Oh, never mind. No, sorry. We won't get it because it means I have to uh, 
exit this. You want to quickly email me the the no. links or something? Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, we'll, we'll edit. This what were we gonna? Out. What was it gonna be? Just out of curiosity. Oh, I was just gonna show you some cool visuals. What is oh, it? Well. Uh, um, just one piece stuff again. Um, I already lost my train of thought of what I was going to show because I was more just trying to share a screen rather than actually think about what I was going to do. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of one piece, folks. Um, Malcolm, what are your thoughts? It seemed like you enjoyed this more than I expected considering how tall of an order one piece can be. It's overwhelming. I'm not going to lie there. <laughs> yeah. Like, I will say I was pretty lost in that last episode uh, more than all the, the other episodes. Um, I also did notice, like, the the animation quality did get better as the episodes went along. And I don't know if it's just because it's dated or not. Um, But I think, I think I said this earlier in the episode, I think this is the most interesting world that we've seen so far. Like in any of the shows that you've shown me, like this is a world that I'm actually like, Oh, there's like interesting elements to it that like, keep my attention beyond what I think and this is just my opinion what I think animes are why I'm not drawn to them as as a genre like that's why I'm not like like this is why this podcast exists is because Mm. uh normally my taste would not even like I wouldn't even consider this but uh what's been funny is because I watch a lot of these shows on Netflix my Netflix has been recommending me one piece non-stop so it's actually fun to also um uh, actually get to watch the show instead of kind of cautiously avoiding it. So I uh, I liked it. I think this was good. It's not my favorite. I'm going to say that. This was not my favorite uh, thing we've seen on the podcast so far, but I didn't hate it. Like it's, it's sort of kind of more in the middle. Like if we were to put For all the sure. episodes in a ranking, this one's squarely like dead in the center. And, and, and I suppose, uh, given the length of the series, it's, it's probably not something you're, you're going to be rushing to cover the, in, the entirety of the way through. No, I mean, I, I think of all the shows that we've seen so far, the one that I've like been most, and I haven't uh, really watched further episodes of any of the shows, but the one that I'm the most, like, I would probably go and keep watching is Carol and Tuesday. Okay. Uh, I thought you were going to be but... My Hero. That was always the one I thought you were going to get into. Yeah. Um, but I think it's because Carolyn Tuesday is, uh, is kind of the most grounded of all the shows. we sure. Outside of the wind rises. Um, but I mean, My Hero Academia is also pretty good, as is One Punch Man. But yeah, like I said, this is like a very in the middle. This yeah. Like, and, and it's I don't also hate it. And it's also a series that, that like, like we've said a ton, it's definitely a series um, where you really cannot appreciate it until you're definitely deep into it. Like, like a lot of the, honestly, dear listener, I'm mostly trolling Malcolm when, whenever I'm talking about things that happen far in advance. It's mostly just being, me being cheeky and being like, yeah, this is like this incredibly epic saga. <laughs> and it does take a while for plot revelations to happen. But, you know, you, you talk to readers of One Piece and, you know, if you are willing to, like, put in put it in, you're going to get a ton out of it. Like, the world building, like Malcolm has said, it only gets more. Again, once you start connecting the dots, it is so satisfying. And, like, right now, the current One Piece fandom, again, like, there were revelations just recently about what the treasure is and what Gold Roger saw when he was on that island. And you're like, oh, this this is probably a really good time to be a One Piece fan because, you know, 
relatively speaking, five, maybe seven if he extends the run, as always, because Oda does seem to be a guy who gets ahead of himself. This is probably going to be a pretty fun journey to watch. The yeah, and I, I mean, I guess uh, if I ever find the time to really dedicate to, to it, maybe I'll get more enjoyment of it. I, mean, I don't know like, like if I, said, I think I'll ever do. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll cover the manga someday, uh, which is at least somewhat more palatable in terms of uh, coverage. Uh, you've also said there's several movies that have been made based on You know, so there's definitely some maybe movies you recommend we could do. But the movies aren't really canon. The movies are just fun adventures. Although they're definitely fun. I've, I've enjoyed quite a few of them. So, I mean, the, you're the curator at the end yeah. of the day. And, and speaking of curator, um, yeah, let's discuss uh, which show we're going to cover next. And um, if you didn't pick up on it already, I was not being subtle at all. We are going to cover the 4Kids dub of One Piece next week. Oh no! Um, <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Um, and here's the thing: I, I, like I mentioned, they cut episodes and they also edited episodes, uh, which means the episode counts are different. So, so bear with me. We're gonna watch episodes four, seventeen, thirty-five, and forty-three. These are all the counterparts of what we just watched. So now we will get to compare. How badly that dub botched it. Oh, man. I'm so mad right now. Oh, oh, you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Um, It's going to be some cringy stuff. But, but, you know, if you guys want to listen to us um, completely shit on a show, this is going to be the one. Uh, Yeah. And uh, I'll say this. uh, I can't wait for you to react to uh, Sanji's voice. Oh. Sanji's voice is uh, something else. I'll say that. All right. Now this is. Uh, I'm hoping this is more. Uh, more the room. It's um, it's definitely room level. Um, but yeah. Anyways, listeners. Yeah, you can listen to us every Tuesday. Um, wherever podcasts are on, uh, you can find us on Is This Anime Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, if you uh, feel like I've messed up the episode uh, counts, you, if you feel I, I've made mistakes or I chose the wrong episodes to represent this, this incredibly large show, uh, please, please do message us. And also, if you want us to, uh, say, cover One Piece again and suggest episodes, we are, we are all for it. Malcolm will have to suffer. Yeah. And hey, if it's uh, the four kids version or this version, oh. who knows? Who knows? All right. Thank you.